Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. If we can just take our seats and uh, get ready to, to come to worship our God this morning. Uh, welcome, everybody, to Heather Vale. Uh, I'm Steve. He didn't know. Um, and I'll be leading us through the service. Uh, Mark will be coming to give a, a children's talk in a little while. And uh, Martin will be coming to speak later. Um, and we'll continue on in our, in our series at the moment. Um, if you're on Zoom, welcome to you as well, and we pray that you'll have a good time. Let's just pray before we start. We're, we're, we're doing a series on the Holy Spirit, um, and we want the Holy Spirit to be welcome, don't we? So let's just calm our hearts a moment. Let's just be silent. Let's just wait. Father God, we're here today. We've come into the Holy of Holies to meet with you. We've come to meet a living God. So Lord, we just ask, would you just pour out your spirit again? Fill us afresh, fill us to overflowing, a measure pressed down, overflowing, just abundantly here with us today. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Jesus, you are welcome here. God, you are welcome here. And so, Father, we just ask, would you just presence yourself in our worship, in our joy, in our singing, in our dancing, in everything we do. Lord, would you just come and manifest your spirit with us today. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and let's worship our God with joy. Rise, 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 my soul. 
Stop the Lord Almighty. 
For the sins of the world, his blood breaks the chains. For every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Every knee will bow before him. Our God is a lion, the lamb that was slain. For the sins of the world, his blood breaks the chains. For every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Every knee will bow before him. Let's just lift our praise before God right now. Let's just lift a voice of praise. Hi everyone, how are you doing? That was great, wasn't it? Yeah, excellent. So, um, in Emerge this Sunday morning, we're looking about serving others. Okay, and there are lots of stories in the Bible, aren't there, that talk about serving, both in the Old and the New Testament. Um, but we're going to be looking at a story from the Old Testament, and it's the story of Naaman's servant girl. don't know if you know that one. But uh, in our all-age talk this morning, I thought we'd think about why we, as individuals, and us as a church, should serve others. And to help us think about that, I've got a, a little bit of a demonstration. Now, I have to say, when I practiced this, I had about a 50% success rate. <laughs> so, 
We'll see how it goes. Um, now, what I want you to imagine is this little um, drawing pin. Don't know if you can see it. I picked a red one, so you might be able to see it. This is you, right? And I'm just going to put that down on the table. And all of us have lots of things going on in our lives, don't we? We're all busy people. We might have work or school, homework, marking. Uh, we might have struggles. We might have difficulties. Sometimes they might be big. Sometimes they might be little. But we've all got stuff going on in our lives, haven't we? We've got stuff to deal with. So I've got a balloon here. And this balloon represents our lives this balloon represents all the stuff all the stuff that we have to carry around with us that we have to deal with uh, in our everyday lives sometimes it might be big stuff sometimes it might be small stuff so i'm going to put this on top of you the little drawing pin what's going to happen emily what do you think is going to happen it's going to pop do you think it's going to pop Let's give it a go. Oh, because, yeah, it, it popped. Because sometimes life feels like it's out of control, doesn't it? Life feels like we can't cope with it. We can't carry those heavy burdens. It's, we're just going to break down under the weight of everything that we've got going on. So that's, that's what happened to that balloon, didn't it? It broke under the pressure. But I wonder what would happen if you had a lot of friends around you um, to help you and support you. So I've got a little bowl of drawing pins here. I'll just get them all sorted out the right way around. And uh, we'll see what happens this time just got to make sure all the points are pointing upwards haven't we because that's that's how we roll so we've now oh, spread them out a little bit so we've now got a lot of friends helping us and supporting us um we've still got the same struggles we've still got the same stuff going on in our lives, haven't we? And uh, so what's going to happen now when you have to face your life, but you've got a lot of friends around you? This is the bit I had 50% success rate with. <laughs> <laughs> and if it goes wrong, drawing pins fly all over the place. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen when I put this balloon on? Let's give it a go. There we go. So, and I'm, I'm pushing it down quite hard. You can see the balloon flexing. Yeah. So, when we've got friends around to help us, we can cope with life, can't we? Our friends help and support us. And as Christians, that's what we're called to do, isn't it? That is what being part of a church 
or one of the things at least is what being part of a church is all about we're called to support one another as christians we're called to serve one another and when we support one another in our struggles in our difficult times and in the good times we're serving each other and as we serve each other we're serving god aren't we jesus demonstrated this on many occasions didn't he particularly when he washed the disciples feet he said he came to serve not to be served and he told us to do the same thing so we should help one another in our struggles shouldn't we we should help our brothers and sisters in christ those of you look around those of you that are here some of us need help at the moment pete brought Joyce along this morning, which is really great. Welcome, Joyce. Um, so Pete was serving Joyce, but he's serving God at the same time. But it's more than that, isn't it? Jesus didn't only serve his friends. He served everyone in his community, didn't he? He fed the poor. He healed the sick. He looked after those in need. Um, he said, the first two commandments were to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and to love your neighbour as yourself. Our neighbours are everyone around us. Yeah, there's no definition really of a neighbour. It's just someone who isn't you. <laughs> yeah. um, so as we serve one another in the community and in the church, we're displaying God's love to him and to each other. So if you're feeling a bit burdened at the moment, if you've got a lot going on in your life and you're struggling to cope, why not ask someone in your church family here for help? We're very British, aren't we? We like to cope with things on our own. It, it's we don't often go and ask for help but the bible tells us to ask for help we need to ask each other to help that's what love is all about or maybe god's asking you to help someone in the community someone who's less fortunate than yourself last week allison was talking about being obedient and listening to god and doing what he says maybe it's time to do what he says or maybe you haven't chosen to follow jesus yet maybe god's calling you into his family because one of the amazing things about being part of god's family is that when life is really difficult when you feel like you're all alone and you can't cope there's one person that will always be with you that will never let you down that will never leave you and that's Jesus so even if you can't see your friends around you or you can't feel your friends around you Jesus will always be there helping you and carrying your burdens so why not say yes to Jesus today thank you
put the, yeah, put the drawing pins away and, uh, and also the spare balloons just in case. <laughs> well, it's now time for the young people to go out to their groups. Um, we'll be praying for you as you go and also um, receiving the offering. So it's time for the young people to, uh, to exit and have a great time. Not to say that we're not going to have a great time. We are going to have a great time. Thanks, Mary. Let's just pray for our young people. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the enthusiasm of our young people. We thank you that you are changing them day by day to be more like you. And Lord, we just pray for the leaders there. We pray that you would just help them as they teach. And Lord, we just, we just want to see more young people in our church. We want to see more people coming to know you. And so, Father, we just ask that. And Lord, we thank you for the money that's been given. Lord, thank you that you are generous to us, so we're generous to you. And so we just ask for that to be used for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue with our worship. Let's stand together. <clears throat> you haven't seen this one for a while, have you? It was interesting this morning when I was when I was when I put this one up and somebody went, "Oh, I haven't, I haven't sung that one for a long time." Let's just worship our God. These are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord, and these are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness be. Days of great trial, of famine and darkness and sword. So we are a voice in the desert crying. Science here. 
yako yashonama orokora ashamala to Does anybody have a translation for that? Turn our faces up to you, Father God. Mm. We turn our backs on sin. We bow down before you. We worship you. We raise up the holy name, your name, the name of Jesus, name above all names. We lift it high in this place. Mm. Let your name reverberate through this place. Mm. Amen. Amen. good that we can come into into God's presence and and also this morning before we started the service we prayed that things would be done and it's to say done biblically so if there's a if there's a tongue we wait for an interpretation we want to do things the way that was prescribed so over to you Martin a transformation of society and uh, Daniel is hoping soon to start a new cap money course in this area so let me lead us in prayer Lord we thank you for Daniel and we thank you for all the volunteers Lord some of them working in this church but throughout the churches and this area Lord we pray for wisdom for the new CEO that you'd bed him in quickly or her and that Lord that work would continue um, and you give the gift of the anointing of your spirit on the new CEO. Lord, we pray that you'd raise up more volunteers nationally, but particularly in this area, Lord. Um, and Lord, help us to examine our hearts as to whether we could uh, get more involved. Lord, we pray for more clients, that more clients would open their hearts and open their doors to uh, Daniel and the volunteers to allow them to support them and come alongside them. Lord, we pray for the donations. We pray, Lord, you would more than fill this deficit, that donations would increase, that your blessing would be upon this work. Lord, we pray that through the work of CAP, that, Lord, you bring transformation, that they would be salt and light in our society, helping people um, to manage their debt well, helping people to learn new skills to do with money and looking after their households. Lord, we thank you for this vital work. And Lord, we pray for Daniel for wisdom, um, and we pray, Lord, that many would attend this new money uh, course from CAP in the area. So, Lord, we just commit this wonderful work to you, Lord. It's it's a gift. Um, we Lord, we we know that it's complicated. We know, Lord, that resources are stretched. We know, Lord, that Daniel feels the pressure. But Lord, we pray for him for all those working. Uh, as volunteers and in paid capacities, Lord, for an anointing of your spirit, for your blessing to be upon this work. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks. 
So can we just have the reading up, please? Just before the reading comes, I just want to share one thing this morning, very quickly. You just saw I changed a battery. So this morning, as Simon was coming down to church, before he got to church, he, he had a voice going, batteries, batteries. And he was like, okay. When he ran into the shop and was like, oh, I just can't. I just, I just need to get down to church. And didn't listen to that voice. And then he got down to church and found there was a text saying, we need batteries. So he found some batteries and changed them. And he was like, Lord, don't let any other batteries go. Well, I'm sorry, Simon. You didn't listen enough. <laughs> we need to, when, God, when God prompts us, we need to listen. So amen. But it was a funny story for us on the worship group because we were like, oh, I wonder if any other batteries are going to go. Anyway, <laughs> anyway let's, let's read this passage. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, as we are. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they ask, are not these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontius and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for those promises in that word. And Lord, we just ask now that as Martin speaks, Lord, your Holy Spirit would just dwell in him. And for us, that your spirit would help us to hear what you want us to hear. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Steve. Just to let Simon off the hook uh, as well, I felt that God was also saying is don't, don't forget the source of your power is the Holy Spirit. You know, we need, we need the batteries, the power pack of the Holy Spirit, don't we? And that's a word to all of us. Um, don't neglect the source of power, which is the Spirit. So I want to look at uh, the Holy Spirit, tongues, prophecy, signs, wonders, and miracles. So not too much then. <laughs> so in other words, the miraculous uh, aspects of the gift of the Spirit at Pentecost. It's 
It's going to be fun. You ready to journey with me? So in the ancient world, when a king was victorious in war, they would have a victory parade through the streets. All those enemies that had been captured and all the spoils of war that had been captured would be brought back to the victorious people and distributed as gifts, spoils of war to all the people. And when Jesus uh, rose from the dead and ascended back to heaven, he had victory over sin and death and Satan. And from that place of victory at the right hand of the Father, as the victorious king, he poured out the spoils of victory upon his people. The gift of the Holy Spirit was the treasure, the spoil of victory that Jesus won through his cross, resurrection and ascension. So the gift of the Spirit at Pentecost proves that Jesus is Lord and King and we're in the age of the Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? The, the gift of the Holy Spirit is God's power in us to witness to Jesus in both word and deed. Luke emphasizes the more miraculous work of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. Um, some people argue that the supernatural or miraculous work of the Spirit in terms of prophecy, healings, miracles, tongues ceased with the 12 apostles. Those are what we call cessationists. Okay, there are them around. Others argue that these gifts continue today in the church. They are what we call continuationists. I want to argue that the miraculous supernatural gifts of the spirit do continue today, but I want to do this by looking at them in their original context in the book of Acts, and then to see how the New Testament more widely encourages their use today. So first, in its original context, the supernatural ministry of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, in fact all the way through Acts, there is a particular emphasis on spirit-inspired speech for witness. Um, get technical with this, but it's called the spirit of prophecy. It's, it's, it's the spirit that God promised through Joel the prophet 900 years before Christ. God promised that there'd be an age of the Spirit when the Spirit would come and that God would inspire speech, all kinds of speech, including prophecy, uh, preaching, witness, evangelism, and so forth. And so Peter was given special anointing and power to preach a sermon that was bold and led to 3,000 people turning to Jesus in faith. That's one aspect of the spirit of prophecy, inspired, bold preaching. Later in Acts chapter 4, when the Holy Spirit filled the church again, all are given boldness in evangelism. They were all filled, the place was shaken, and they were given boldness in evangelism. That's another type of inspired Holy Spirit speech. In Acts chapter 2, we see the spirit-inspired speech in the gift of foreign language tongues. We've had a tongue and an interpretation this morning. So the Holy Spirit is still speaking to the church through tongues, right? You've heard it this morning. You've witnessed to it. If it's public, it needs an interpretation because it's a heavenly language that we don't understand. It's the person praising God in a heavenly language. And it is praise and adoration tongues, okay? 
But on the day of Pentecost, this particular language of tongues was foreign languages so that the Jews from different nations could understand their particular language. And God was being praised in their particular language in a foreign tongue. So, this is, so that's a different type of tongue to what we normally hear today that needs interpretation. Although I guess if we had a, um, a Bulgarian tongue in church, we'd probably still need an interpretation, even though it's a language, right? I choose my language carefully because we have Polish speakers. We have all kinds of speakers in this morning. So I couldn't say Polish because somebody might understand that. But sometimes today, does God, does, God does give a foreign tongue language. He often speaks that way through missionaries. He will speak in their particular language in a tongue that the person speaking has never learned so that people can understand it. Um, so, God, you know, we can't limit what God can do. Peter explained that the tongues of foreign languages was not the result of the 120 believers being drunk. When there's a move of the spirit, some people always mock it, don't they? And say, oh, look at those people, they're drunk or they're just being over the top or silly. Yeah, there's always mocking that takes place around a move of the spirit. Or look at that person over there. Oh, they're too enthusiastic or whatever. Don't mock. Don't mock the work of the spirit. Actually, they weren't drunk. This was a sign of the fulfillment of an ancient prophecy 900 years before Jesus. Verse 16. Peter quotes from the prophet Joel. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So the prophet Joel had promised 900 years before that all of this would take place when the spirit came on all believers, that there would be dreams, there would be visions, there would be inspired preaching, there would be prophecy, all of this. And it came to fulfillment on the day of Pentecost. The word for prophesy here, by the way, only occurs here. And it's a general word for the spirit of prophecy which means spirit-inspired speech of various kinds, whether that be communication via dreams and visions, inspired preaching, evangelism, or prophecy. Notice the difference. To prophesy is not the same necessarily as prophecy. We'll get to that in a minute. Prophecy is direct revelation through a person in the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, number of uh, uses of prophecy to call the church back to faithfulness to God, to call the church to repentance, right? To turn away from sin and to turn back to God. That's prophecy. To encourage and build up the church. That's prophecy. So you can see that it's different from tongues, which is adoration and praise, right? It's different. There's a distinction. The gift of prophecy can also warn the church of coming events and judgments to prepare people to be ready and act and stand firm, right? The gift of prophecy can also guide the church in mission and who to appoint to leadership. Mark was appointed as a leader through the gift of prophecy. He was called specifically by God through the gift of prophecy. 
And we see this in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 13. Saul and Barnabas were selected through the gift of prophecy. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, do you see that? Prophecy, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they'd fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. That's the gift of prophecy being used by God to select leaders and to guide the church in mission. And then in Acts 21, the prophet Agabus prophesied warning Paul of future persecution in mission. Here we are. After we've been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it and said, the Holy Spirit says, do you see that again? In this way, the Jews of Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. So he's warning, God was warning Paul about coming persecution through a prophet. We see dreams and visions through the book of Acts from God functioning in similar ways. For example, while in Corinth, God encouraged Paul in a vision, Acts 18. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you. And no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in this city. In other words, Paul, you're going to get hassle, but just go, get on with it anyway, because I'm with you. The other thing to say about the gift of the spirit for inspired speech is that it comes often in the book of Acts with signs and wonders, right? It's accompanied by signs and wonders. Acts 2 verse 19. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. So Jesus didn't just preach about the kingdom. He demonstrated the power of God in, through the kingdom in signs and wonders and healings, didn't he? So we see the fulfillment of that primarily through Jesus, but then continuing through the apostles and the early church. So speaking of Jesus, this is what uh, Peter said. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. And then we see this work continuing through the apostles and the early church. Acts 2.43. Look at this. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Do you see that? didn't die out with Jesus. It continued through the early church. So, second, are these supernatural, miraculous gifts and signs of the Holy Spirit for today? Um, what do we do with all this? Is all this amazing stuff about tongues, prophecy, dreams, visions, miracles, signs and wonders, healings, just for Jesus, the apostles and the early church? Some people argue this. They say that throughout the history of God's people in the Old and New Testaments, that miracles, signs, and wonders are clustered around prophets like Moses, Elijah, Elisha, and Jesus and the apostles in the New Testament. Well, of course that's true, isn't it? You can't deny that. The claim is that God only worked through miracles and signs and wonders through these specific people in these specific seasons. So these were key points in history where God chose to give his mission a particular boost through the prophets, through Christ and through the apostles. But after the apostles um, 
died out, died, those gifts um, were no longer needed because the, those gifts and signs and wonders were to give accreditation to God's chosen servants to do that ministry. They validated, gave authority to, authenticated their ministry, right? Again, we can't really argue with that. That's there in scripture. So the argument then goes that the only valid spirit-empowered witness today is bold evangelism. That's how the argument goes. So there are no gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation today. There's no prophecy, there's no tongues, there's no healings, but there is spirit-empowered, bold evangelism. That's the argument. Now, I want to say there is some truth in that argument. There's a lot that we would agree with here. Um, it is true that miracles, signs, and wonders are particularly intense around the ministry of the prophets, Jesus, and the apostles. You can't deny that from scripture. If you look at Elisha, Elijah, Jesus, and the apostles, there are incredible signs and wonders done through all of these people, right? Not gonna, we can't deny that. We can't argue with that. It's also very clear that Acts 2 does encourage all Christians to be filled with the Spirit so that we can be bold, confident witnesses. We can engage in evangelism through the power of the Spirit. We're with this, yeah? It's okay so far. However, however, that's not the whole story. If you don't believe me, just take, come with me, would you, to the letter of James, where James talks about Elijah's ministry being for the church today. We sang, these are the days of Elijah, right? And these are the days of Elijah, according to James. James chapter 5, verses 14 to 18. Look at this. Is any of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Now, look at this. Elijah was a man just like us. In other words, he was frail. He had his weaknesses. He wasn't perfect. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. In other words, God did miracles, signs and wonders to an imperfect servant like Elijah. So James is saying, you should pray with faith like Elijah. Sorry, that just that text alone would seal it for me. Now, I'm, I'm all for nuance and being careful with texts. Don't want to read into the text more than is there or be inaccurate with my exegesis and all the rest of it. So we do need to say this. The prayer of faith in James chapter 5 is, according to all commentators, whether cessationist or otherwise, a spiritual gift of faith. Right? So it's not a carte blanche promise that every time the elders pray and anoint with oil, there's going to be a miraculous healing. That's not what James is saying. He's saying that sometimes when elders are praying with a sick person, God gives a total confident um, assurance that he's going to heal in a particular way. And he does. 
because he gives a bold, confident assurance that this is how I'm going to work, and he works. That's what the text means. It's a gift of faith. It's not working up enough faith. It's a gift of faith. All commentators agree on that. So we cannot read into James something that's not there. That doesn't mean that people praying can't ask for the gift of faith. I think we need to ask for words of knowledge, for gifts of faith when we're praying for people, because God wants to give those. Very often I'm, I find when I'm praying with someone, I don't always have that gift of faith. It just doesn't give it to me. I don't think it's too bad a position to be in, to be humbled and let God do what he wants to do, even when we don't understand it, right? But let's pray that sometimes he would give us that gift of faith. We need to allow God to be sovereign, to do whatever he wants to do, and to act miraculously where he wants to act, not on our terms. The other argument against the view that the gift of miracles, tongues, healings, prophecies ceased is Paul's teaching. It just doesn't make sense. 1 Corinthians 12, look at this. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good, good. To one there is through the spirit, the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge, the same spirit to another faith. That's the gift of faith right there. Look at it comes with healing to another gifts of healing, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Um, hello, the, whole, the gifts of the spirit continue through the early church. That's the testimony of historians, by the way, going through all the centuries, the Holy Spirit continued to pour out healings and miracles and the gift of prophecy through all the centuries of the church. Just look at your history books. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 14 verses 1 and 3, Paul says this, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Why would he say that if he didn't mean it? Especially the gift of prophecy. He says, but everyone who's, who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Now, why would God withhold that gift if it does good? That doesn't make sense to me. I don't worship a God like that. I worship a father who gives good gifts to those who ask. Third, how do we minister then in the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit? I hope you've been convinced. Are you convinced? Yeah. Some of you aren't. That's okay. Well, I'll roll with it. How do we minister in the supernatural gifts of the Spirit today? Healings may still occur today, particularly where there's a gift of faith when elders are anointing with oil. But also, we should be recognizing those with gifts of healings in our congregation because god will cluster healings around those people with gifts of healings right just as he did in the old testament the new testament there are gifts of healings so we should find those people with the gifts of healings and make sure that they're on the prayer team right you can even bring them in to pray with the elders nothing against that in scripture and we will see healings. Um, 
We've seen incredible miracles in this church over the years. People who've been diagnosed by professionals with conditions that should have resulted in them not being able to move and walk are still ministering in the church today. Amazing, incredible. Now you might say, well, they haven't been completely miraculously healed, but boy, they shouldn't be doing what they're doing, you know, because of answers to prayer. So God chooses to heal in the ways that he chooses to heal. He is sovereign. And we need to bow to him and submit to his ways. God still sends dreams and visions. I had an amazing uh, vision uh, sent to me just this week on WhatsApp. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll share that um, over in prayer meetings. Um, so encouraging, but also a challenge to pray against the darkness and the, and the forces of evil. Whenever there's a move of the spirit, whenever we start seeking gifts of the spirit and a move of the spirit, you can guarantee there's one person, Satan, who's not gonna be happy about that, right? And he will push back. He will create disunity in the body. He will cause people to be negative and to moan and complain, right? He'll cause people to fall out with each other. So be on your guard. Pray against him and his work. Sometimes God gives uh, a very clear, sharp picture, a vision. Sometimes it's more of an impression. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? But we should share that for the building up and encouraging and guidance of the church. The gift of tongues today is a wonderful uh, uh, way of praying. Um, and I think it's something, it's a gift we should ask for. I do believe it's a gift we should seek. Um, I personally, I've found the gift of tongues to be tremendously releasing when I've run out of words and I don't know what to pray for. When I'm engaged in spiritual warfare or I'm praying for the sick and I don't have the words, just to be able to pray in a heavenly language is incredible. And I don't need to know what I'm praying when it's a private language, when I'm praying at home um, or praying for a person. Um, you know, we don't need to know. But if there's, a, if there's a public tongue, which there was today, given in the church, we do need an interpretation, right? And that interpretation should be praise and adoration. It's not the same as prophecy. So seek spiritual gifts, the gift of tongues. Um, if you want to know more about it, come and talk to me and I'll pray with you or talk to one of the uh, prayer team, just have a chat with somebody, find a Christian, say, what's the gift of tongues? Do you speak in tongues? What do I, how do I get it? Um, love to pray with you to receive that gift. It's not up to me whether you get it, but you can ask. <laughs> We've heard God speak many times through prophecy in this church. Sometimes this can be encouraging us to stay faithful to God in the face of trouble. Sometimes it's a call to repentance, to give up sin and to be faithful and united or to be pure in our conduct, right? Sometimes it's a turn back to God. Sometimes it's, this is the time to go on a new mission venture. Sometimes it's, this is the person you need to appoint as a leader. There are all kinds of ways that God speaks through prophecy. And obviously God can speak prophetically through dreams and visions as well, can't he, as we know. There's so much more that I could say, but I'm not going to, because I want to allow room for us to do the stuff, as John Wimber would have called it. 
The example of the church in the book of Acts should inspire us today to ask God to give signs and wonders. I think four times this week, God has reminded me of a verse through different people. Um, it's been quite uncanny. Do you ever have that when God is kind of trying to get through to you? And this was the verse in Acts chapter four. This is a prayer of the early church. And I believe God is saying this to us. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Do you know what God said to me? He said, I know, Martin, you don't see as many signs and wonders and healings as you would like, but you don't ask me. I know, Joyce, I'm not as, I don't get it as quickly as you, right? <laughs> You're right there. Takes me a while, right? Absolutely. We should ask the Lord to stretch out his hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders. We need to ask him and wait for him to act, just as he did when Moses stretched out his staff over the Red Sea and said, be still and wait to see what God will do, right? Four times in, through different places and people, God has spoken that word to me this week. So I thought I'd better put it in my sermon, right? Maybe we don't see as many miracles and healings and spiritual gifts as we'd like because we don't ask God to stretch out his hand, right? <laughs> so I'm stating the obvious, but we don't, we don't ask. And we don't ask with faith. We don't ask believing that God might just do it. Or maybe we believe that he would do it and we don't know how we'd react. That's the other, you know. Maybe you're afraid that he won't do it. Or maybe you're one of those people that are afraid that he might do it. Right? <laughs> Let's stand. God is here, right? His power is in the place. So I'm going to pray. We're not going to sing for a moment or two, although Steve's ready. That's good. I'm going to pray this prayer. Um, their threats can be the threats of the enemy, Satan, by the way. Now, Lord, consider their threats, Satan's threat, and enable your servants here to speak your word with great boldness. Now, I want us to all say this together, the next section, the next half of the verse. Can we do that? Yeah. Let's say together, stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, Holy Spirit, we're going to wait on you now to see what you want to do. And I would invite you, if you get a word of knowledge, if God puts on your heart that there's somebody here who needs a particular type of healing, whether that's emotional, spiritual, or physical, I would like you to just, um, I'm, I'm going to stay at the front. I'd like you to just come and share that with me. And uh, if I've discerned that that's from God, we will allow you to share that word of knowledge and we will call those, that person or those people forward to pray for them. Um, God might give you a vision, he might give you uh, a, a picture, an impression, 
He might give you a word of prophecy. He might give you a tongue with interpretation. So Holy Spirit, we're in the silence. We're going to be silent before God. We're going to be still. Holy Spirit, would you come among us now with supernatural, miraculous gifts? Would you come with prophecy? Would you come with words of knowledge for healing? Would you give us, Lord, gifts of faith for particular types of healing? Would you come among us with gifts of healing? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We invite you to come and minister among your people today because we want Jesus to have the glory. So we wait on you now. Holy Spirit, come in Jesus' name. Fill us, fill this place. Make us sensitive, listening to what you want to do. So come and share with me what God is saying. has a, I think, what I would call a prophetic word for us. Yeah, I just had, um, I was just reminded of Lazarus in the Bible when Jesus raised him from the dead and he came out with his grave clothes still wrapped around him. And then Jesus said, oh, go and help him and unwrap him from all the grave clothes. And I just felt like it linked to what Mark was saying earlier that, um, some of us, to be honest, maybe even all of us, you know, if we're Christian, we've been raised again, but it's, um, it takes sometimes friends and family and people to come around us to help unwrap us from stuff from life that may be trying to keep us bound um, so that then we can walk in what the Lord is telling us to do. And he's, he wants us to be unwrapped and free. Amen. Thank you. And for some of you, that's being unwrapped from uh being bound by your experience of the holy spirit god wants you to be free to experience joy and power through the holy spirit he wants you to just come and be unbound you, there's so much more power and joy that god has for you and he wants to unbind you so why don't you come forward receive any other revelation from god this morning any words of knowledge about healing? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Right, I don't know if everyone heard that. Somebody here is in great emotional anguish and needs to be healed. Why don't you uh, come forward for prayer to be healed of your emotional anguish? back in 2008 many of you will have known me then but we've had new people come to the church since and i was diagnosed with fibromyalgia which is a lifelong condition and my eldest son at the time was 12 i had to wear a neck brace he had to lift me out of bed in the mornings make me a cup of tea until my uh, fingers got going um, i came here um, on the advice of Mary, who Mary Parish, who referred me to James 5:14, and to have that faith in the elders who administered oil, and I no longer have fibromyalgia. Amen. All right. God wants to do stuff here this morning, but you know, there's a part you have to play. You have to respond, right? 
you can't just hear these words of knowledge and prophecy and just we can't just go oh no thank you all right well you can but it's disobedient we've got to actually come forward and receive right eric thanks a lot yeah martin mentioned how tongues were used and um you know people hear in their own language and i just want to encourage you because this isn't something that god gives to special people mm. see i mean i could think share this with you i can think of a time when uh i was uh praying and um i was uh in a church down the south coast and i was praying at the end of the meeting uh standing at the lectern like this and uh afterwards the pastor came to me he said the pianist wants to talk to you oh i said we didn't have a great sort of band type thing i, I said well, what about he said well she's come and tell you and this lady came out to me and she, she said um mr graham she said i didn't know that you could speak greek <laughs> and uh i said well apart from a little bit of new testament greek i learned at college no i can't speak greek <laughs> and uh, that was a time for rejoicing another time i was uh, speaking at a conference and uh, we were praying before the meeting a crowd of people and I was praying, one of the number of people praying, I was praying, and uh, one of the guys came up to me afterwards and said, Eric, you never told me. He, he said, I'm Italian. I speak English as well, he said, obviously. But he said, you never told me that you could speak Italian. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I, I, I couldn't. I was just praying, but what was happening was I was speaking in tongues as I, as I spoke out in prayer, and uh, bless their hearts, you know. Be encouraged. Amen. So we're not talking about something that doesn't happen to yeah. the ordinary people. Yeah. Amen. So maybe maybe you're someone who's going, yeah, I'd love, I'd love the gift of tongues. Why don't you come and be prayed for to receive the gift of tongues? Or maybe you'd love to have the gift of prophecy. Why don't you come and ask for the gift of prophecy? God loves it when we ask for good gifts, right? Because he's a loving father who wants to give good gifts to his children because that's what he's like. Amen? Um, anybody else? Jen? God, we could go on all day here, couldn't we? This is fun. This is fun. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just yesterday, just God, God gave me these, and I felt um, this just little word, and I feel already it's, it's come to fruition this morning, Amen. and it was, rip the muzzles from your mouths Amen. that you may speak. And he said that three times, rip the muzzles from your mouths that you may speak, break the silence barriers, tear them down and let my words reverberate through this place. Have I not commanded you to be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid, do not be dismayed for I the Lord am with you. Step up, speak out, he's waiting. Amen. Hallelujah. God's speaking, right? Prophetically to us. He wants us to seek prophecy. He wants us to seek healing. He wants us to speak the to seek the gift of tongues. Um, so as the as we begin to sing, I want you to come forward in response, not to me, but to Jesus. Jesus has been speaking to you, some of you this morning. Respond to him. You're not doing it for me. You're responding to Jesus, who is the King of Kings, 
and the Lord of Lords. So why don't you just come forward at the front here and be prayed for. Just before uh, we do sing the, the, the song that we planned for that, there's one that's been going through my head, so I'm going to just sing it. You'll join in because you know it. It's not on the list, Quentin, I'm sorry, but here we go. There is power in the name of Jesus. Lord, 
God's not on, God wants to answer our prayers, but what are the really big prayers that we've got? Look around and see who really needs a big prayer. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we have a mountain moving, miracle working God. So pray the big prayers. Amen. So we're going to keep this place as a place of prayer. Um, I do feel there are a few people who need to respond. But I'm not going to jump up and down and get, get agitated about that. I'm just going to let the spirit move. So if you haven't responded yet, why don't you uh, come forward? Um, as others go for coffee and pick up kids, you can, you can have prayer in here. So I'm going to ask the prayer team, if you're not on coffee, to stay in here and just pray with people. So we're going to carry on just seeking God and praying in here. So why don't you respond now um, if you haven't responded already? Otherwise, go and pick up your kids, go and get coffee. Um, thank you. Bless you. 